Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler talking money and investing here. So um, every once in a while, I get into a conversation with somebody. And generally, I think, man, you know, maybe I need to go back to a couple basic things that I talk about. Because I, I tend to be a little bit paranoid on the radio show, quite frankly, because, you know, you've done something for 22 years and you feel like you've done everything, you've talked about everything, but sometimes just missing the basics uh, that can be a, you know, you just overlook or don't think about it necessarily. You just imagine, you know, <laughs> you've taught something for so long and then you, you want to give something new, some a new angle or some, but you know, sometimes you just have to go back a little bit. And I want to go back a little bit to something I think is really, really important. I was talking to somebody and having conversation about spending and budgeting and those types of things. We were talking a little bit about the process of budgeting. And the example I like to give with budgeting is from The Richest Man in Babylon. And where it's, you have all these different people. I'm going to give you the really short version. You have all these different people in the audience and The Richest Man in Babylon is giving them a tutorial. And he asks them what they do for a living and they all do different things for a living. And he asks them if they all end up making the same amount of money if they have the same incomes. And of course, none of them have the same income. They all have different incomes. And then what he says is, is, well, how is it all of you having different incomes end up with the same amount of money left over? Nothing, because you haven't saved anything. And uh, they're like, wow, never thought about it that way. And you know, that was, to me, that was a profound idea when I was 25 years old, reading that and going, whoa, that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. How do they all end up? in different positions where they have you know different incomes but end up in the same position when it comes to savings and hence that was a that was a big eye opener for me so uh you know what happens so often is like well i got this you know i, I can't possibly save because we got this we got this we got this and you know you really think about it you ended up with a in a position where you're maybe spending more i mean maybe you're you're spending more than what you're actually making going into debt which is even worse but it's typically we spend everything that ha that comes in unless we protest to the contrary you know so that to me was a really profound thing and what i would start to do is it was this mentor of mine would say you know save uh, first and then spend what's left over and he said if you just reverse it don't spend and then save what's left over because there's nothing ever left over he said you can get yourself in a position where you start to have some financial freedom and have some breathing room because there's always going to be an emergency so you know save into emergency type of investments like money markets or savings accounts or something like that that doesn't fluctuate in value and then you, once you have started to build that up to three to six months worth of spending, you know, whatever you're spending is in a year, three to six months, then what you do is then you start saving into other things. You know, maybe uh, you have, and there was somebody who was telling me about a budgeting tool and there are lots of them out there, but it was a, it was an app. Uh, it was, you need a budget, if I remember correctly, uh, ynab.com. Uh, and she says, the best thing I ever did, you know, she said, I spent like, it, it, she spent a little bit of money on it. There, it char they charge for it. 
but it was this great tool and it helped her and she it was something that she would go with and would work with uh, so you need a budget you know, or any budgeting tool, anything that you'll sit down and just make it a priority to every once in a while, sit down and look at the spending that you've got going on and have a system. I, was, I, remember, I remember very distinctly my father every month, you didn't bother dad on the Saturday where he was going to be sitting at the kitchen table with all his bills laid out all over the place and he was going to be going through everything. And he ended up having a great discipline and ended up doing you know well as far as you know he was working for the government so he had a pension he didn't really need to save a whole lot of money because his retirement was going to be taken care of by the government pension his military and but you know the thing is he's still still in all he did he had the extra savings and that allowed my parents freedom later on and we never think about later on what that's going to look like. But later on comes a lot faster than you think it's going to come. And then what happens, you have, you know, kids end up having, you know, kids and you're, you're maybe your grandparent after that or, you know, whatever, whatever your goals are when you get into retirement, you know, you don't think about how much money you're going to need and the fact that you're not going to be working and you're not going to be able to work maybe. Maybe you're not going to have the mental faculties to do that or maybe you're not going to have the physical stamina to do the work that you do right now. But that was a big deal for him to have that time every single month. And it doesn't have to be a long, long time. It's just dedicating a couple hours and just going, you know what? This is what successful people do. I'll never forget learning the, the line when I was in my 20s that successful people do the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do. And I thought that was a great line. I was like, wow, you know, that's, pro that's profound. Yeah. People that are successful will do stuff that is not pleasant. They'll delay gratification. They'll take the things that they want to do and go, you know what, I'm going to do that later. I'm, that's going to be my reward for doing the thing that I need to do right now. And so they reverse the order of things. And then what ends up happening is the whole day is in drudgery because you're not doing all the fun stuff right now. And then later on going, oh man, I know this is going to be coming down the road. I got to do this. Oh, I'm going to hate doing this. I don't want to do this. And you're, you're reversing that order where you are saying, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and do the stuff that I've got to do right now and get it out of the way. Then it's not going to be my, on my mind the rest of the day. Then I'm not going to be sitting there dreading that I've got to do this later on. And, you know, the whole time I'm doing something that is supposed to be fun, I'm dreading what's coming. So delaying gratification is, is a big deal. And my son and I were talking about this, and he, he was reading this book. Uh, it was called Atomic Habits, and it was talking about how, you know, when you want to do something, you've got to do something. He said, put it on a schedule. Literally write it down. What day are you going to do it? What time are you going to do it? Have it in the schedule. And I do this all the time where I have my schedule, and I go, okay, so... I'll schedule something and then I'll say, okay, one week maybe, if it's a really big thing, one week before this thing that I've got to do, I'm going to have a reminder. Then I'm going to have another reminder a day before. Then I'm going to have another reminder an hour before. Uh, and if it's, you know, not huge, I'll do it a day before and then an hour before, you know, so it, I'll have these little reminders. And that way it's just in there. I know it's coming and I know what I've got to do. And then I don't forget about it. It doesn't, you know, I, and I to-do list, that's another thing I'm big on. I'll have to-do lists, things that I'm going to do. And it's so easy today with a phone 
to have a to-do list. And then it's kind of fun when you check it off and it just disappears. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about, you know, the to-do lists on the phones that you just, it disappears. And it's like this gratification is watching one thing on the list just go away. But, you know, that is part of what it takes to really get things going well in your life is to have those disciplines. And, you know, the reality of it is, is that discipline is kind of a, you know, a lot of people just don't have it. And then they, they wonder why they're, you know, just anxious all the time. You know, I, I, and it's the anxiety is just generalized in the back of my mind. I know I've got things I got to be doing and I can't remember. I don't know if I'm going to remember everything. And, you know, if you write it down, I always tell people that the dullest ink is better than the sharpest memory. That you write stuff down, you get it down. And then you, then you may go, well, okay, if I'm having a hard time motivating myself, then maybe you take the next step and say, okay, so what is it I've got to do? And then say, okay, now what is the benefit of doing this? What is the reward of doing this? And writing that down and putting it uh, down so that when you think about that thing that you've got to do, you don't just about think about the thing, but you think about what it's going to lead to and all the good thing that it's going to lead to. And a lot of times our real negative uh, perceptions and you know you've heard this before i'm not telling you anything new but a lot of our issues with you know feelings of self-worth and, and so on and so forth have come down to a lot of negative self-talk well i always forget stuff I, you know i'm never going to be able to do that i you know i i'm and you you walk by a mirror and you go, i'm too fat or you know i you know i'm not i'm not tall enough or you know whatever and you know Short of being able to say, oh, there's some way I could go and, and increase my height uh, by three inches and drop, you know, 30 pounds in, in, um, in 10 days or something like that, or get a new uh, parental relationship or something like that. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot that you can do, but what you can do is go, no, well, wait a minute, let me just kind of change my focus to the things that, that are going right. Uh, what are the things that, that are okay? And then what happens is all of a sudden your whole state of mind changes. It's like, you know, there was a study done where they had people, they said, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to stand up straight and I want you to put your, your, you know, your chest, push your chest forward a little bit. And I want you to put your arms on your, on your hips, you know, kind of do a Superman pose, you know, so to speak. And what they did is they measured uh, testosterone levels and they found it was like a 20 something, 20, 21% increase in testosterone and a decrease in cortisol. Uh, it was about the same amount, decrease in cortisol, like 20%, something like that. And in, in essence, what that is, cortisol, that's your stress hormone. And, you know, and people, you know, they don't recognize that your body language and, and you know, how you hold yourself. Uh, you know, I remember hearing, and I, you know, and I remember this hearing this one guy go, hey, you know, I want you to describe a depressed person. He's doing this to a whole panel of people. And he says, I want you to describe a depressed person. And, you know, they go, okay, well, he's, he's behind the curtain over there. And he says, so, so what does he look like? And he said, well, you know, everybody goes pretty much the same time, uh, hunched over. Yeah, so, you know, body language isn't back and it's, it's hunched over. Uh, what about the head position? Oh, it's down. Oh, okay, uh, what about the breathing? Is it shallow? Is it deep? And oh, it's shallow breathing. Uh, oh, you know, wow, okay. Uh, you know, what about the look on the face? And, you know, literally going down the line, this is, wow, it's amazing. You didn't even see this depressed person. You knew exactly what they looked like. And that's it. It's, it's our body language. So a lot of our confidence, and you think about why am I even talking about confidence? 
Well, confidence is one of those things that I need to actually do some of the things I'm talking about here. If I think that there's no point in doing anything, then I won't do anything. If I think that, you know, it's just going to end badly and I have no confidence, there's just no you know, point in even trying, then I won't even try. You know, I won't even do anything. So partly the reason we do some of these things, it's that you have this cognitive behavioral triangle. You know, it's our thoughts, our feelings, our, and our actions. Those three things, thoughts, feelings, and actions. And I think that, you know, well, for me to take an action, I got to feel like doing it. Uh, no, that's not true. Actually, you can, you can change your actions and you can change your feelings. It can go the other direction. And so hence, that's it. You know, what this has to do with finance is everything. You know, because I will not do the things that I need to do in order to change my financial situation unless I think I can affect it in some way. Does this make sense? You know, if, if I think that it is just pointless even doing anything, then I will not take any action whatsoever. So, you know, we get back to budgeting and things like that. And what we do is we look at different areas and we look at, you know, how much is my mortgage payment, let's say, or my rent payment in comparison to my income. And typically I want to keep that down, you know, no higher than like the 20% range. And sometimes 30 can, you know, you'll see that and, and it's, it's livable. You can pull that off. But, you know, you look at it and go, so how often do I go out to eat? I'm, you know, my wife and I never went out to eat when we were younger and we were dating because we just couldn't afford it. It was like, she and I were talking about this the other day. It was splurging to have a pizza. <laughs> you know, otherwise we got, you know, these, <laughs> it was probably not great from greatest from a health standpoint, um, but we were young and bulletproof. And we got these little pizzas from Kroger and they, they were cheap. I mean, really, really thin and cheap. But that's what we subsisted on is that kind of stuff, you know, is whatever. And we tried to, you know, and, you know, sometimes you can get healthy on the cheap. But it was whatever we could do to cut costs. You know, she was an avid coupon cutter. You know, it wasn't bought unless she had a coupon for it. And they had double and triple coupon days and things like that. I don't even know if they still do that. But it was that. We didn't go out to movies. Uh, my son and I were talking about, you know, things that you can do. And I said, well, gosh, you know, I used to do things that were really creative because he wanted to do something special. You know, you want to do something special uh, for your, your girlfriend or your, your spouse or, or whatever. Uh, and um, her boyfriend, if, if, if it's a lady listening, I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of my, my son and I having this conversation. And what happened was that um, we would go and couldn't afford a concert. So we would rent a video of a concert that we wanted to see. And I would show that video of the concert. Uh, in our home, t on home, it wasn't even TV. We didn't have a TV that was big enough to, you know, it was like pff, TV was too small. It would have been pretty, pretty dull. So I, I actually took a projector because I had to have a projector to do workshops in the early days. And I took that projector and I projected what was on my computer on the wall and I ran it through a stereo so it had good sound. And that was it. Or, you know, we, literally having TV dinners and, and having candles in, in the middle of, you know, and, and just setting up something nice like that going out to a park didn't cost anything to go to a park and do something uh you know just finding places that didn't cost anything and a lot of times we spend money doing things and really what we're trying to do is we're trying to mix with other people i just want to see other people that's why i go to a restaurant right it's not necessarily well maybe you might really like the food but you know the thing is if you really like the food it's probably too expensive but we would you know go out 
And we would go someplace where there were other people. Maybe it was to, to a church event or to an organization. I belonged to a lot of clubs. I was, matter of fact, I, I, I liked going into, you know, joining organizations that were service organizations simply because it was a great way to meet people, but it was a great way to just mix with people and it didn't cost anything. Matter of fact, uh, it was good for business too. But that was a big way to, to do things and get my needs met in terms of connection and you know getting uh, contacts with people and just having fellowship with people, but it didn't cost anything. And so thinking in terms of that as much as you possibly can, I, you know, I'll never forget to talk about somebody and, and talking to somebody and she said, oh man, she goes, yeah, you're so right. I, you know, I, I, I said, what do you love that doesn't cost anything? I just love looking at birds. And she's going on and on talking about looking at birds and looking at nature and so on and so forth. And I says, well, how might that rearrange your spending the way you spend? Well, I could be, and she started talking about buying a really high-end bird feeder. I go, no, 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 you missed the whole point. This wasn't an idea of what you could buy to watch birds, because bird watching was supposed to be free. <laughs> yeah, so much for that conversation, right? Uh, so, you know, that is part of, you know, how you get your finances in check. And you think about those types of things, you know, think about how you can do that. And then, then once you start to build up the emergency stash there, then you start to look at, and you know, maybe at the same time, I do the same two things at once. I'm big on doing two things at once. I paid down debt and I built up the emergency, emergency stash because I found when I was working on two things at once, I was more disciplined. You know, so I had, against my grandfather's wishes, a car loan. <laughs> my grandfather was like, Paul, don't do this. Please don't do this. And uh, guess what? You know, you have to rebel. I went and did it. I went and bought a car and I bought it on credit. And I don't, I, I think, I don't even remember what the interest rate was. It was probably six, 7%, which is goofy. Um, but I did. I did, you know, and uh, it took me years. To, but when I paid that thing off, I was, I was post, let's see, gosh, I must have been like 26, 27 years old when I finally paid it off. And I've just vowed my brain was fully developed. <laughs> As scientists will tell you guys, your brains aren't fully developed till you're 25. Ladies is 20, uh, 27. It's uh, ladies is 25. But, you know, then I said, that is it. I will never do this again. And I never bought a car on credit ever again. And, you know, it's even 0%. I just, it was something I wouldn't even do at 0% financing or anything like that. It was just, I was not going to do it. Now, we did a couple things where, you know, you had to finance it and you got a discount if you financed it. We had, there were a couple of those things, but we paid it off like in two months, you know, because it was just a way to get that discount that they were offering. But, you know, other than that, forget it. No, we didn't do any of that. So, you know, for that, part of things if you pay off debt and build up the savings at the same time and you know man if you got some kind of a match at work with a 401k a 403b a 457 plan or some kind of a qualified retirement plan at work it's hard to give up free money if they're going to match you know you might have a 100 percent match up to three or 100 percent match to three and 50 percent of the next two or 100 percent match up to four percent you know that is hard for me to say hey let don't do that uh, you know, put money in save because I've heard people say that before. Uh, make sure you build up your savings and make sure you pay down debt before you, especially pay down debt before you put anything in your 401k. And I'm like going, uh, I don't, that's just, no, I, it's free money. Uh, you know, people move jobs 
too fast and then you get to take that money with you if it's what's called a safe harbor plan, which most retirement plans are safe harbor plans, which you don't have to wait for vesting in, in English is what that means. You know, so those are just a couple of things. Thinking about the discipline, pay yourself First, you pay your bills, you pay your auto insurance, you pay your phone bill, you pay, and if you got cable, it may be one of those things that you don't need because, you know, a lot of your entertainment is right on YouTube now. Uh, and you can go on there all the time and get all kinds of entertainment. So, you know, you pay yourself first because you're used to paying everybody else, pay you. And then start to pay everybody else. And then when you reverse that order, psychologically, there's something to that. So that's just one of the basics that I thought I would share in this hour. So you're listening to the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, talking about the world of money and investing. Take a quick break and be back after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get it initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Okay. Back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler talking about money and investing and just walking through, oh, a few basic things. So we talked a little bit about, you know, getting the finances in order as far as not spending more than you make. You know, that's probably a really good idea. You know, there's only two things that you can do, as you know, it's often said. Uh, you can either increase income or decrease expenses. And, you know, the reality of it is sometimes increasing income isn't so easy. Uh, decreasing expenses seems to be the one that's left to you. And it's it's hard. You know, I mean, especially when things are getting more expensive, you might have to go backward in lifestyle in some instances. You know, there's some places around the country and Nashville is one of them where the cost of living has been going up. And you go, well, what do you do? You, you try to find a lot of times people will do what's called substitution. And they go, well, you know, we used to do the name brand on this and, you know, we're not, can't afford the name brand anymore. We got to do something else. Um, you know, we got different things that are going up in cost and you have no control over, like, you know, homeowner's insurance. So what do you do? Well, I mean, you might have to increase your deductible. Uh, I don't want to decrease the coverage amounts uh, in most cases because you can end up, you know, you might be undercovered as it, as it is already. And uh, I say in most cases, because something you might have a situation where you have more coverage or more on your house than it would cost to rebuild it. Probably not, but you know, it could happen. Uh, and, and so those are things that you can think of as far as how can I cut the, the budget in that particular area? Uh, you may look at I, I had a friend of mine that actually decided to sell a house and, you know, sold the house and there were certain things that he wanted, but he just had to move out to a further out into the sticks in order to afford the same kind of house that he wanted and some of the things that he wanted, but it was just ridiculous. He couldn't live as close to town as he wanted to anymore. 
And he just had to decide, well, I'm going to have to drive a little bit further. And you just weigh your alternatives. And it's really kind of a gut-wrenching thing, but you're thinking in terms of what's really, really important to me. Prioritizing, sitting down with a piece of paper and going, what is super important to me? What is negotiable or what's optional for me? And what's optional for my family? And looking at each budget item is really important because there are certain things that you'll start to see that you're spending money on. You don't even think about it. You know, you can, you know, money can just flow out the door and you don't even necessarily think about it so much. And here's the big thing that I find with people. Conversation I had this week, as a matter of fact, it was just comparisons. Our friends are doing so much better. I was actually reading this thing for, and it was on kids. This was written for kids act or not written for kids. It was written about kids. And it was just talking about the generation coming up right now and how challenging it is because their entire life is online. You know, for, for a lot of people that have been dealing with social media, it says, you know, you go back 20, 30 years and, you know, maybe even further when we were kids. And say for the talking about me, uh, but you talk about when you're a kid and you go, well, you can try out different things. You can try out different, uh, different you know styles and and different you know who you're gonna be. You can try out different things and go, well, does this fit me? Does this fit me? Does this fit me? You know, doing this, does dressing this way fit me? Does this doing this, you know, this this hobby or whatever? Well, now what happens is a kid tries out something and it is immortalized on you know social media it's there forever you know with no ability to go and and turn back on it and what's what that's causing is you know people get picked on and and they get torn apart for what they the choices that they make but here's the thing is they're getting compared constantly to other kids they're constantly comparing themselves am i doing as well as this person am i doing as well as that person well you know what that's not just kids. That's adults too. And it's, am I successful? Do I live up to, you know, maybe, or am I living up to what my friends are doing? And, you know, this is really why I say it's so important to sit down and go, what's really important to you? You know, what is a real good purpose type of a, a statement you can say about yourself. What drives you? What is the thing, you know, think about the things, the goals that you have, things, the things that you want to do. Why do you want to do those things? Why is that important to you? Start to get really, really specific about what drives your motivations, who you are, and you're going to find normally that it has nothing to do with having the biggest house on the block, it has nothing to do with having the nicest car, the nicest this, then going out to restaurants, having a big social life, having the nicest clothing and all of that stuff. Usually it's like connection. You know, I want people to think that I'm okay. I want people to think that I'm successful. And, you know, I always loved, always loved Sam Walton's book where, you know, it was founder of Walmart where he's sitting in that old beat up pickup truck. And he's like, totally fine in this really, really old pickup truck. And I thought, you know what? That's what I, that's what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm driving a vehicle. Nobody knows what you make. Nobody has a clue. And, you know, so that when you're out and about and wearing clothes, I'm not worried about looking like I have, 
you know, like I'm, I'm financially successful. I'm just going to be who I am. And then he drove a pickup truck because people that wealthy people tend to drive pickup trucks. Nobody knows what you make. You know, that, that was the beauty of that. So that's really important. It's not necessarily getting into competition with other people because you know what? There's always going to be somebody smarter. They're going to be better looking. <laughs> They're going to be thinner you know, than you. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.